0: what's going on New York giant fans welcome back to the Big Blue Bronx YouTube channel if you're on Spotify Podbean you're listening to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast if you guys haven't already on YouTube like comment subscribe help out the algorithm turn on the notification bell so you know when a live stream pops or drops if you're on Spotify Podbean please follow the podcast appreciate y'all coming back we are at 308 subscribers on YouTube that's due to a lot of the live streams and collabs i've been doing a lot of the channels i've been going on so shout outs to the people who have shouted this channel out we are still on the train to 400 500 big milestones for this youtube channel now let's talk about today's topic and i'm going to give a little forewarning because i know a lot of people get irked by this but i'm going to put out a simple headline i'm not going into the draft and you guys know even from last season Because I know a lot of you guys really haven't stuck on the train since last April. Which is fine. It's not a big deal. But if you've been listening to me. And if you've been watching me on YouTube. You know that I don't go into the draft in November. In December. I wait till the end of the season. Possibly the end of the NFL season. Then I say. Okay the Giants should pick this guy. But there's also this guy. I'm just taking a look at. The Giants should evaluate some popular names, stuff regarding the future of this team because it's all up in the air. Joe Judge, Daniel Jones, Dave Gettleman, all of their jobs are up in the air right now. A lot of people think that Joe Judge is coming back next year with Jones. A lot of people think the opposite. Most people think that Dave Gettleman is going to get fired and should be fired. Most people do think that while A lot of other people think the opposite so we'll see what happens but if the Giants were winning right now and obviously they're on a two-week win streak if they're winning right now or we're winning right now let's just say they had a five and four record 500 record something like that whatever we would be talking about something different but this has been going along the lines of the way the Giants have played the last couple of years, beyond Gettleman, 2017, 2015, 2014, 2013. It is what it is, that's life being a Giants fan and a content creator, but I just want you guys to note, I'm not giving up on the season, I'm in for all 17 games, 18 weeks, and with that being said, I will not root for tanking. I never have, never will. That's a stupid mentality. I will rip anyone who actually thinks that is the right idea. Now, no sports team, in my opinion, has actually tanked. It's possible. But to my knowledge, no sports team has tanked. But fans have wanted that. Oh, the better draft pick. Sometimes that don't mean shit. Because your team still could be inept in the front office. So final remark final headline i'm not going to be rooting for losses and i'm going to be watching the giants like i always will for a win so let's talk about who to evaluate here are a couple players the new york giants in my opinion should evaluate post by regarding the future of this team and obviously we'll talk about the end are they going to rebuild can they rebuild Can they make a couple trades and be in the win now mentality sooner rather than later? Are they financially in a spot to do that? Are they not? We'll talk about it. So Matt Parrott, he's number one for me. If the Giants don't start Matt Parrott against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I feel that Matt Parrott will actually be rotating in, which doesn't make any sense. But this is the Giants' coaching staff. This is Joe Judge. This is Rob Sale. This is Jason Garrett. We all know what to expect by now. But Matt Parrott should really start the rest of the season at right tackle. I'm tired of seeing Nate Solder. Every Giants fan is, and and I understand that the Giants have another year with Nate Solder because, according to Track and over the cap. Nate Solder's dead cap count is $4 million for next year, which is something that the Giants may get out of, something they also may not want to get out of because of the dead cap. And you see across the NFL and a lot of other sports franchises outside of the NFL that older GMs happen to struggle building a team without that cap number going up and up and up because they can't draft they can't build a team when it comes to draft picks and they don't have the coaching to do it but back to the point of Matt Parrott and Nate Solder Nate Solder could be a part of the future I'm not saying is the right tackle because if I was saying that I'd be stupid but because of what they did they lowered the cap it for this year we'll see what happens next year but they have more invested in matt parrot matt parrot is in his second year i understand oh developmental pick i get that but there is no reason he shouldn't be playing when he was a right tackle against the cowboys he played fine i think when he went to left tackle he struggled and obviously that was to be expected. Because that is the power tackle side. Andrew Thomas is a power tackle. In my opinion, the best in the class right now. Though that can be debated by some. Once Thomas is back, you put Parrott on the right side. And then you move from there. But unfortunately, we're not NFL coaches. And NFL coaches are more stubborn in terms of personnel. But statistically Parrott has given up three sacks this season which I believe is more than he did last year he's also getting more snaps because he's been starting at right tackle and left tackle uh, for a couple games this season but he is a guy that needs to be evaluated because here's my prediction I don't want to be right in this prediction because that would be the Giants spending more draft capital on the offensive line spending more draft capital on a tackle when they did it two, three years prior. Matt Perrett needs to be evaluated for the reason of, is he the future right tackle? And I understand, all oh, developmental pick, like I mentioned earlier. But with that being said, there's a lot of guys next year that are coming out of the draft. Darius Kennard, Evan Neal, the guy out of Texas A&M, I think his name is Kenyon Green, if I'm not mistaken. Those guys could be right in the Giants' hands. And the next GM, because I don't think it's going to be Gettleman, the next GM will be in a spot to pick him or pick somebody else, but they'll be in the spot of mine to say, okay, do I go edge? Do I go another offensive tackle? In my opinion, with the way things are looking like now, and once again, I don't want to be right, the next GM, whether it's Abrams or some outside guy, They will say, okay, Matt Parrott is not a definite answer, but he's a good backup, so let's have him as a backup. We're going to draft Evan Neal, Kenyon Green, whoever is top 10 in terms of tackle rankings, whatever you want to go about. The GM will make that decision. But Matt Parrott needs to be evaluated. There's no question about that. We've been saying that since week one, week two, week three and Giants fans have been right about that not saying it's a negative a positive whatever so let's go to the next guy Logan Ryan in my opinion from watching him play this year his play has dropped a little bit he's still forcing some turnovers he forced two fumbles this year one fumble recovery five pass deflections and one tackle for a loss but he's missing a lot of tackles now Obviously, on the season, he has 72 tackles, which is a lot. And then those missed tackles are going to go up. But I don't see the same players last year. I don't. And they're not in a situation next year because of the backloading. They're not in a situation next year where they could just say, okay, let's cut Logan Ryan. We're going to do this, this, and this. They're not in a situation to do that next year because of the backloading. Which means, even if they were to get rid of Logan Ryan they would be spending draft capital on a safety again. Xavier McKinney, he looks like he's a future safety for the Giants. To note, the Giants also don't really have a center field safety. Julian Love, as much as I love my Notre Dame guys, he's not the answer to safety. He's a reserve corner. He's a reserve safety, maybe he's a starter in Jacksonville, on the Jets, some of these other franchises, but he's a backup on the Giants. He's a special teamer on the Giants. And I know he's been getting some more playing time, but I think you're potentially looking for instances like maybe they move Aaron Robinson to safety or make him a corner safety Darnay Holmes he's gonna be a slot corner there's a lot of ifs ands buts ors there's a lot of what ifs I'm gonna cut it there but Logan Ryan needs to be evaluated because if they feel they can have him for another year at the play level he's playing at so be it if they think he's good enough for next year and then cut him the year after, good for them. Better be the right evaluation. But that just means what they're doing is they're kicking the can down the road at the safety position. Because let's be honest, as I said before, I'll say it again, Xavier McKinney is the only safety of the future on the Giants. Real Peppers is not guaranteed. Coming off of an ACL injury, Maybe he gets a one year with the Giants next year, one year with another team. I don't see it. I don't. Next guy is Evan Ingram. The Giants have been factoring this guy out of the offense, but factoring him in more of the last couple weeks against Kansas City, against the Raiders as well. This season, he has 234 yards on 26 receptions and two touchdowns. One drop. Which isn't bad. He started seven games played in six. So let's talk about Evan Ingram. He's also fumbled. (sighs) Obviously, a lot of Giant fans don't want to talk about him. But he's having a solid season. Not great. Not Pro Bowl tight end, but a solid season. You can't argue against that. You can't argue against that. Kyle Rudolph? Eh. Red zone target my ass. Either he's not being involved in the red zone... Or he's just not playing, like, up to the par of the contract that he was signed to. But Evan, but Evan Ingram needs to be evaluated because if Kyle Rudolph is cut next year, and that's going to be in the subject of capable cap cuts because he is on that list, and there's another tight end named Caden Smith who I want to be involved in this offense, you're 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 quintessentially, if you're a Giants fan, possibly looking at one to no tight ends next year on the roster. These three tight ends may not be on the roster next year. Evan Ingram is in the final year of his contract, awaiting an extension that I don't think will come, but it may come because Joe Judge is an Evan Ingram fan, despite Jason Garrett factoring him out of the offense. But with that being said. It's kind of like the safety position. One future guy, in this case, with the tight ends, you're neglecting Caden Smith, and you're kicking the can further and further and further and further down the road with the tight ends. And guess what? That is how you have so many holes. That's how holes get bigger and bigger and bigger because you kick the can down the road and down the road, and then you realize you don't have the value in a certain player, so you cut them, and now you have to spend draft capital on them. Now, by no means do the Giants have to spend top draft capital on a tight end extra. I believe they should draft one. But with that being said, the Giants should not kick the can down the road. Now, a guy I was mentioning earlier, Julian Love. One quarterback hit, three pass deflections, one pressure in coverage. He's actually done decent statistically he's given up 11 completions on 18 targets one interception one touchdown actually two touchdowns one to Tyreek Hill 126 yards 96.1 pass rating not bad not great but once again as I mentioned Julian Love special teamer on this team reserve guy if drill peppers or if the Giants drafted another safety this year let's say I don't think he would be getting as much playing time. The Giants factored him in in the second half of the 2019 season. That's where a lot of Giant fans started getting happy about him and saying, oh, well, he could do really good under this next coaching staff. Obviously, that really hasn't been the case. And it's not like first-round picks, because even though it's the same situation, you have to find quality players in the second, third, fourth, and fifth rounds. That's the ones you have to leg out. First round, you absolutely have to hit on first round picks. But that's one of the first opportunities you have. When you have a plethora of players that you could pick in the second, third, fourth, and fifth round, you have to be right on those players because those players are depth pieces. And I'm not saying Julian Love is bad as a depth piece. He is absolutely good as a depth piece. But... The Giants don't have more than one starter at the safety position, in my honest opinion, for the future. Logan Ryan, as I mentioned, his play has dropped off a little. So the Giants actually may end up either drafting a safety or signing a safety in the next two to three years. Possibly next year, too. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear it. Kyle Hamilton, guy out of Notre Dame. I know him best. Like other Notre Dame fans because he's from Notre Dame. I'm a Notre Dame fan. He is one of the top safeties in the class as of right now. So if it was Gettleman, I think he would draft him. I don't think another GM is drafting Kyle Hamilton for the Giants. Maybe for another team. But once again, as I mentioned for the 900th time, Don't kick the can further and further and further down the road. That's what they did with Antoine Buffet. That's what they did with a lot of other players because of a lack of capital and a lack of all of the other things, including talent. So the next guy is Caden Smith, and it seems like there's a rotating. Cornerback, safety, safety, cornerback, tight end, cornerback, tight end, cornerback, whatever. You guys notice the trend. Caden Smith. Oh boy, he has some bad stats this year, and it's not his fault. I am 110% convinced this is not his fault. He has one first down this year. He has three receptions for 33 yards. This guy was an absolute star and broke through in his rookie season for the Giants at the back end of the 2019 season. Everyone was talking about, oh, Jones to Slayton a lot of other people were saying Jones to Smith in the two years under Jason Garrett someone who specializes in tight ends he hasn't done shit with him it's been almost two years to the day that Caden Smith has caught a touchdown I don't think he caught one against Philly in 2019, he caught one or two against Washington the week before Philly, one off of Landon Collins funny enough So, I don't understand how this guy is not getting involved. Now, here are a couple of excuses that you could put in. Oh, Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram are the number one and two tight ends. Bullshit, because first three weeks of the season, first two weeks, actually, Evan Ingram was out. Go back to last year, Levine Twilolo was the third tight end. And Evan Ingram was the top target, so how could you not get Caden Smith more involved? vertically too I mean he's not the fastest tight end he's not a mismatch but he's a good tight end in the receiving game hell just watch his second half tape in his rookie season with the New York Giants and it's so frustrating because with Caden Smith right it's not like the Giants drafted him they picked him off of waivers and Dave Gettleman would get so much more credit if this guy was a good player and he is a good player but the coaching staff is not maximizing the talent that Caden Smith has sorry so two that go into the edge rushing room Quincy Roche and Ellison Smith Ellison Smith played a little bit of special teams against the Raiders I'll talk about him in just a second let's go to Quincy Roche one sack three quarterback hits five pressures two tackles for a loss that's in 100 snaps I believe with the Giants so far O'Shane Zimnets has more snaps and less production Quincy Roche has broke onto the scene obviously Giants claimed him from the Steelers and he's been a great guy to have in a room where there's not much pass rush other than The interior being Leonard Williams, and then outside, Aziz Ojalari. Nobody else has really done anything meaningful in the pass rushing room. And they got rid of Kyler Fackrell. They brought in Ryan Anderson, which was a total failure. They brought in a couple other guys, total failure, Faddy Odinigbo, failure. So they really were depending on O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter coming off of injuries. But they also drafted Aziz, they also drafted Ellerson Smith. And the problem with what Dave Gettleman has been doing uh, the last two, three years, four years if you want to count the whole thing is that he's drafting edge guys in the third, the fourth, the fifth rounds. And it's not working because those guys are not high-level players. This is not New England or this is not Baltimore where you have coaching to make up for it. Patrick Graham can only do so much. But in terms of Quincy Roche, I like him. I like him. He had one of the best pass-rushing moves to force the fumble on Derek Carr, and the Giants won that game against the Raiders. But with that being said, he's not top tier. He's not a number one edge guy. He's not a number two edge guy. He's a rotational guy that the Giants should keep on the roster, and they need to evaluate him more to see what this kid has. Give him more snaps than O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter going down the stretch I don't care if you make Carter a healthy scratch I don't care if you make Zimenez a healthy scratch make them all healthy scratch make Danny Sheldon a healthy scratch even though it's not really pass rushing make those guys a healthy scratch and evaluate the young talent that you have because this guy has been more useful in 100 snaps than Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez have in their entire Giants careers sorry Bold prediction, bold statement. Ellison Smith. You need to evaluate him. I think next year you're looking at a tandem of three players plus a draft pick, so that would be four. But you're looking at a tandem of three players on the pass rush. You're looking at Ellison Smith, Aziz Ozilary, and Quincy Roche. You need to see what Ellison Smith has. Is he just a special teamer, or does he actually have something in... His talent and his magic cape, whatever you want to call it. Does he have talent to be a pass rusher or is he just a special teamer? And this has to take many, many games because a lot of Giant fans remember 2020, he didn't play. He didn't play football. His conference or I think it was his conference or his school that shut down due to the pandemic. They opted out. Didn't do anything. So Ellison Smith, before the Raiders game, did not play a game since 2019. So this is going to take games, and you're not going to properly evaluate Ellerson Smith and get him out of his shell if you don't evaluate him and put him in for more snaps. Once again, Ellerson Smith, Quincy Roche, evaluate them more and put them in more games, put them on the field more than O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter. Two more, and then we'll go on to the next subject because I know this has been 20 minutes already. It's probably going to be a long one, to be honest with you. Aaron Robinson and Donnie Holmes. Aaron Robinson, you need to see what he has. Because coming into the camp, the preseason, stuff like that, he was supposed to be competing for that nickel corner spot, for that slot corner spot against Donnie Holmes. And a lot of people believe that he would have won it because he can play man coverage and he's a good tackler and you can put him in the box and all these abilities that he has. That being said, though, PUP out total of seven weeks. And he started receiving defensive snaps the last two weeks. Obviously, you don't get snaps on a bye. But they need to evaluate him and Darnay Holmes. I'll bring Darnay Holmes into this, who statistically has not been bad in coverage. One pass deflection, one quarterback hit. Allowed 18 completions on 28 targets, 170 yards, no touchdowns, and 81 passer rating, which is better than last year, and it's actually solid stats for someone of Donnie Holmes's caliber. But what is the evaluating process about? Next year, you're possibly looking at a cornerback room without James Bradbury. The Giants can save a shit ton of money while incurring dead cap. By cutting James Bradbury. And if they finish the season 4 and 13, you're looking at James Bradbury gone. If they finish the season 7 and 10, you're possibly looking at James Bradbury staying. But they need to fill out the back end of that cornerback room. And who's going to start for the future? Because there is a lot there. When healthy. So put Darnay Holmes in. For some nickel corner snaps, same thing with Aaron Robinson. I believe Aaron Robinson personally is more flexible. Maybe they convert him to safety. Maybe they put him in the box more. Maybe he he shows some of his tackling abilities. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But that's pretty much my evaluation portion in terms of players. Now let's talk about next year and capable cap cuts. Once again, I don't like going through this. I don't. If you think i like going through this in the middle of the season i don't but it's stuff we have to talk about sooner or later and why not get it out of the way now so capable cap cuts james bradbury the giants saved 12 million dollars by cutting him next year but they also incur 9.7 million in dead cap once again, dead cap's going to definitely be a factor with Dave Gettleman's GM because, as I said earlier, a lot of older GMs across sports, they have trouble building teams because they can't draft correctly, because they're older, and they really don't have that new philosophy of, oh, we got to draft these guys, use these guys as scraps, have the coaching makeup for it, stuff like that. You look at the Tampa Bay Rays, even though they didn't go far in the playoffs. You take a look at the Atlanta Braves. How many stars do they have besides Freddie Freeman? Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall, Travis darno Those guys won the World Series for them. Jock Peterson they traded for won the World Series for them. Absolute scrap, except for Peterson. Peterson was a solid player in LA. But let's go back to James Bradbury. Let's go back to football. At the start of the season, first five games, six games about, Giant fans were having doubts about James Bradbury. They were having doubts, including me oh, is this guy going to get cut next year, this, this, and this. Now that he's playing better, that may be put on hold. And the next GM will have to decide one thing. Do we want to cut James Bradbury, save some money, but then have to go out in free agency or the draft again and spend some more capital on another corner? Because let's be honest, next year's cornerback room I'll talk about it in just a little bit. We'll probably be Adoree Jackson. Radarius Williams is coming off a torn ACL, so you're not depending on too much production there. Aaron Robinson, who has not had a full season, and then Don Holmes, so there's a lot of question marks. So you'd probably be spending top-tier capital in free agency or in the draft or via trade on a corner by releasing James Bradbury, or you could keep him And possibly kick the can down the road just a pinch more. Because next year is the final year of his contract. So that is the evaluation portion and cable cap cut portion for James Bradbury. Now here's a guy that a lot of Giant fans love. I love him. As a player, he's gritty. He's tough. But he is subject to be released possibly. Let's not act like it's not a possibility. Let's not act like this guy does not have a possibility to be on the bench next year. Nick Gates is that guy. Coming off of a possible career-ending injury, he looks fine right now. He's going to Devil's Games. He's walking. He's doing what he's doing. But when the next GM comes in here, he knows, or she knows, but most likely probably he that person, that GM, knows that the injury is super severe, but we're going to draft over that. We're going to not rely on him to come back. We're not going to rush him to come back. Whether it's a rebuild situation, whether it's just build up with the draft picks and try to win again, that's the situation that the next GM is faced with. Because, respectfully, I like Nick Gates, but even if it was a season-ending tear. Tor- tar- 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 I can't talk today. If it was a season-ending torn ACL injury, if it was just that and not as serious as the injury he has now, there is still no guarantee he starts next year. There is still no guarantee coming off of a torn ACL. In this situation, I'm being hypothetical, if he just tore his ACL. He's possibly not a starter because he's coming back from an ACL injury. Kind of like John Jalapio, where he broke his foot. But also, a new GM might be like, well, Nick Gates is an average center, but we could go out and get better with Tyler Linderbaum or some of these other guys in free agency. So you have to take a look at that from a microscope and say, okay, this is actually possible. The next guy, Riley Dixon. This is a guy they better cut, and I'm not joking when I say that. The Giants wouldn't incur 125 k in dead cap, but also save $3.25 million. $3.25 million is a good amount of savings for a punter. And you don't necessarily need to worry about, oh, we got to draft a punter in the first round. No, it's punter's not that position. If you draft a punter or kicker in the first round, I think you're an idiot. No matter what the circumstances are, Punters, you could draft or sign as undrafted free agents, though you would be depending on a rookie. And The last time the Giants did that, it didn't work well, Matt Dodge. But with that being said, you could draft a guy in the seventh round. You could sign an undrafted free agent to be your punter and bring him in with a veteran like, I don't know, Pat O'Donnell, if he's a free agent, some of these other guys across the NFL, if they're free agents. Bring him in with competition. See who does better. Cut the guy who does worse. So, I think that's one of the easiest scenarios the Giants have next year. Kyle Riley Dixon, special teams. Bring in a rookie punter. Bring in a veteran. Battle it out. Next guy, Kyle Rudolph, as I mentioned earlier. $2.25 million in dead cap while incurring $5 million in savings. Just what I was talking about with Caden Smith, Evan Ingram. This guy, in my opinion, deserves to be cut next year. But that's my opinion. I'm not a GM. I'm not a top analyst or a front office scout. Obviously, everything is hard to judge under a microscope with the way Jason Garrett has put his offense out on the field with the way he's game-playing this offense because it has not been good. It has not. I started getting a little hope first two games of the season. And then that all went away. And it's not just him. It's Joe Judge as well. But Cal Rudolph. The Giants right now, if they cut Rudolph and if they have Evan Ingram, you know, not coming back next year. Caden Smith is your only tight end. And even though I like Caden Smith, A, there's no guarantee that the Giants bring him back. Possible preseason cut. B, they hate him already. And C, I don't trust him as the only tight end of this roster. I think they would need need to go get a free agent. I think Dallas Goddard's a free agent. I think... uh, What's his face? Zach Ertz is a free agent. But I don't think the Giants should even touch him with a 10-foot pole, knowing he'd probably get injured when he gets touched with that 10-foot pole. There's a lot of guys to go out there and get. And once again... Kicking the can down the road only blows up the hole even bigger. Same thing with the safety position. And with tight end, I really think the Giants don't need top draft pick capital to be spent on a tight end. Third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, maybe even seventh round. Depends on how they play out. Take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They drafted Noah Gray. They already had Travis Kelsey and Blake Bell. Noah Gray... I'm pretty sure caught his first NFL touchdown that Sunday night football game against the Raiders where they got absolutely demolished by the Chiefs. Blake Bell. First, excuse me, not Blake Bell. No great first NFL touchdown. So, tight end is not a super need, but don't kick the can even further and further and further down the road. Next guy, Blake Martinez. This one is another topic of discussion and it's a tough one to talk about because it's a lose-lose situation if you will giants would incur 5.5 million in dead cap 8.525 million in savings now what are the negatives to this because it seems like there are absolutely no positives You cut Blake Martinez, you save the money, you need another linebacker. You need another linebacker one. Tate Crowder's not that guy. Benadry McKinney is not that guy for the future, even though he looks solid in the Giants uniform. You'll need to go out in free agency. Possibly spend a second, third-round pick on a top linebacker, which is not even totally guaranteed past the first round. Now, I have not been looking at linebackers in the draft, so don't ask me about any linebackers in the draft other than the guy from Auburn, I think, is... Uh, the college that guy's from I don't even know his name so that tells you how much research I've been doing what if you keep Blake Martinez you don't save the money and Blake Martinez is coming off a torn ACL injury so you have to once again bet on Blake Martinez being the linebacker he was two years ago and that is not a safe bet that is not a gamble the Giants should take in baseball You can gamble off somebody returning from a season-ending injury because of the long offseason, the spring training, all these other things and factors that come into it. In football, you can't do that because it's not a guarantee. 16-game season, all these other things that factor into it, just like baseball, you cannot depend on, oh, this guy's going to come back healthy. It's not totally that situation like baseball. You can't do that. Blake Martinez had a great first year. and a second year, even before the torn ACL, he really wasn't playing well. So that's a situation the Giants are tasked with, and that could be a bigger hole by year's end, by next year's end, if they don't address it. Once again, the Giants only have, I think, 9, 10 draft picks. And only, let's say, 8 of those are meaningful. In a case, we'll get to it later, though. O'Shane Zimenez and Julian Love, I mean, these are guys that I just picked out of the random just to save money, you know, being a freaking YouTube GM, that's just me personally, uh, they saved 209000 by cutting, excuse me, no, I'm wrong on that, they saved 995000 by cutting Zimenez. they saved 965000 by cutting Love, Zimenez has no role on this team, His role is decreasing ever since that Kansas City game. And it kind of shows. Julian Love, he's a reserve guy, so cut them both. And you get $34 million in cap. Now, obviously, the cap space is going up for certain teams because of the TV deal, because of a lot of other things. And the value is going to go up for players. Because if you want to sign a top-tier edge rusher, which is likely not happening for the New York Giants last year, or I should say next year. I don't know why I'm thinking last year. For next year, if you want to sign a top-tier pass rusher, that's probably not even on the market. Or if you want to overpay for somebody, that is going to go up to $17 million, $18 million, $19 million, $20 million. And that's taking up about 70% of what you have freed up in terms of cap space. So let's talk about the positions that what it could look like if the Giants cut certain players. You look at the cornerback room. If they cut Julian Love and James Bradbury. Adoree Jackson is your number one. Aaron Robinson is your number two. Darnay Holmes for Darius Williams and Keon Crossan. I don't feel confident in that. I don't. Now. I'm not saying go out and get a top tier corner. Because the Giants. For as long as they were a winning team. They did not have top-tier corners. Aaron Ross, Corey Webster, Terrell Thomas, they were not top-tier corners. They were average corners, above-average corners. They were not top-tier corners like James Bradbury was in his first year, like the Giants paid Adoree Jackson to be. So really, realistically, you just need an average second corner. But once again, you'll be gambling on Aaron Robinson to be a better player than he is this year, missing half of a season. You'll be betting on Darnay Holmes to be a number-two corner, a slot corner. And you'll ask him to be versatile, even though he really isn't that. You'll be banking on with Darius Williams, coming off a torn ACL, who was showing some good things, in my opinion, this season for a six-round pick. Keon Crossen to be a role player, and he's a special teamer. Now, you factor love into that situation, you may have more confidence, but it's not much. You take a look at the linebacker room, and this one is probably one of the scariest out of the bunch. Tay Crowder. Carter Coughlin. And T.J. Brunson. If I'm missing anybody, please tell me. But that's a scary room. And I don't mean good scary. That's a scary room. If that's what the Giants are going to deal with next year. So you bet your ass if they cut Blake Martinez, they will be going out and getting a linebacker in the draft or signing a free agent like Jayon Brown. And it's not guaranteed once again. But if you go into next year with that linebacker room of Brunson, Coughlin, and Crowder, you're going to get killed in the middle of the field. You're going to get killed in the run game. Safety. Logan Ryan, you can't cut. Xavier McKinney, you are not cutting because he's your future safety. Julian Love, let's say you cut him. Let's just say you don't bring back drill peppers. That's not a good room. That's not a good room. Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, where's the depth? Obviously, once again, you could keep Julian as depth, but Logan Ryan is only guaranteed another year beyond 2021 because the Giants are financially tied to him. So, once again, like the tight end position, like the linebacker position in a way, like the cornerback position, you're kicking the can down the road if you don't solve that issue. Tight ends. Evan Ingram, if he gets an extension, we'll see what happens with that. Kyle Rudolph, if you cut him. Caden Smith is your only tight end. Once again, I don't have confidence in that. Kicking the can down the road. But you don't need to invest top draft capital in a tight end. Unless you want to go out in free agency, trade for somebody. But we don't know what the Giants may do next year in terms of that. Offensive line room. This one is not going to look good. And I'm going to tell you that right now. This one is not going to look good if you're talking about cutting Nick Gates. Either way, it's not looking good. So the Giants will have to spend money or spend draft capital on offensive linemen within the first two three rounds Andrew Thomas Matt Parrott Shane Lemieux Ben Bradison Wes Martin that is a shitty O-line room and I'm not even exaggerating that is a shitty O-line room and you're talking about Shane Lemieux who has a torn patella tendon partially torn torn whatever the case may be is a torn patella tendon and you're banking on that once again going back to my nick gates point even with matt parrot a new gm may say okay we have draft capital within the first two three rounds we go out and draft a whole bunch of new offensive linemen nick gates shane lemieux matt parrot your backups and you know what to be honest with you that in my opinion is not a bad thing if matt parrot is your backup tackle compared to nate Solder, if shane lemieux if he's healthy and Nick Gates, if he's healthy, are your backup offensive linemen compared to Ben Bradison and Wes Martin. Bradison is something you can work on, but Wes Martin and possibly if you sign somebody in free agency or whatever the case may be, that's who you're tied to in the guard room. I would rather stick with Parrott, Lemieux and Gates's backups. Gates is going to take probably another couple of months into rehab and all these other things that come into play so realistically you're looking at the new gm drafting over those three guys that's my opinion that's the state of the giants right now so here are your positions of need for 2022 likely offensive tackle right tackle specifically offensive guard and center prudent edge rusher definitely inside linebacker definitely safety Probably not going to be addressed next year. If it is, it's going to be in the later rounds. They're not drafting a safety within the first three rounds. I don't think they're going out in free agency and getting a safety. I did not look at the free agent class for safety, so keep that in mind with this coming topic. But popular names to remember. Mostly free agents, then about three, four, five, six draft names. Let's go into it. Trenton Brown. Offensive tackle for the New England Patriots. Mark Lewinsky, 29, offensive guard for the Indianapolis Colts. Ben Jones, center for the Tennessee Titans. Brandon Scherf, injury prone like hell, but good guard when he does play on the field. Washington football team right guard. Chandler Jones, 31 years old, having the season of his career, one of the many seasons of his career, because he is that guy. He won a Super Bowl, one of the best edge rushers in this decade. Well, I mean, it's 2021, but in the 10s decade, in 2010s, one of the best edge rushers. He's going to be 31. Arizona Cardinals, obviously, before that, doing the Patriots. Hassan Riddick, 27 years old, going to be, unless an extension is going to happen, coming off of a one-year deal with the Carolina Panthers. That being said, though, he's not a number one pass rusher. Let's get that in the clear. Anthony Barr, 29 years old, linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings. Jayon Brown, 26 years old, linebacker from the Tennessee Titans. A.J. Johnson, 29 years old, linebacker, Denver Broncos. Morgan Moses, solid option at right tackle. He's not the future, though. 29, 30 years old, right tackle for the New York Jets. Austin Corbett, which is someone that probably jumps out at me, and I would not mind signing at all. Austin Corbett, former Browns draft pick. Rams revitalized him into a... Top-tier lineman, Austin Corbett. I would definitely sign he's only 26. Brian Allen, center, L.A. Rams, 28 years old. C.J. Uzama is a a name I forgot to mention when it comes to tight ends. Somewhat injury-prone, but I would take a chance on him, me personally, and I know I'm talking about next year, but me personally, 28 years old, Zach Ertz, 31, Dallas Goddard, 26, Hayden Hurst, 28, Gerald Everett, 27, Mike Gesicki, and David Njoku, all tight ends. Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan. Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama. Probably will be going within the first couple of picks. Darius Kennard, offensive tackle from Kentucky. And Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. So here is the Giants draft capital for next year. They got two first rounders. They got a second. They got two thirds. In terms of fourth, they have one fourth rounder. I don't know if it's the Bears fourth rounder or not because they did trade a fourth rounder for Ben Bradison. Which was a little weird to be honest with you. Two fifth rounders, one sixth, and two sevenths. So add that up. That's two, that's three, that's five, that's six, that's seven, that's eight, that's nine, that's eleven draft picks. But once again, seventh rounders are role players. Six rounds could be players that turn out to be great. Or they could just be role players as well, but the first five rounds definitely matter. Alright, so let's get into the final topic of the podcast episode. Appreciate y'all for sticking around. How do the Giants approach next year? Likely a new GM, whether it's Kevin Abrams or somebody from the outside. But there are two scenarios that could happen. Joe Judge remains at the helm, Daniel Jones at the quarterback position, and the Giants... Could still stick to a winning mode. Like they did this year. But instead invest it in draft capital. Invest it in first round, second round, third round picks. And don't spend too much in free agency. But get guys like Austin Corbett, Brian Allen, and a couple other guys as well. But there's also the scenario of Joe Judge not being at the helm. Daniel Jones not being the quarterback. And they fully rebuild. So, here is... My thoughts on the whole situation in the scenarios I have presented. The Giants, in my opinion, are not rebuilding. They're not going to go back and do this whole song and dance over again. I don't think John Mara personally wants that because that's another couple of years of not winning. And with that being said, I don't think John Mara wants that because, well, this team hasn't been good, but he doesn't want to have record low attendances. Because the team is rebuilding, there's no stars on the field and stuff like that. So, I think they're going to keep winning, me personally. Or they're going to keep trying to win. Keep winning, yeah. I'm going to keep winning, okay. But, in my opinion, that's only if the Giants have a record above six wins. If they have a record below six wins, they're going to rebuild. And the Giants... Logistically, cannot rebuild fully. They cannot tear it down because Adoree Jackson has a lot of money on him. James bradbury obviously can get cut. Leonard Williams, Kenny Galladay, all these other guys have so much money invested in them that they can't get out of those contracts. And it would be a weird-looking rebuild. Oh, you're rebuilding, but Adoree Jackson's still your cornerback. Oh, you're rebuilding, but Leonard Williams is still your top tier defensive interior oh you're rebuilding but Kenny Galladay is still your wide receiver see how much sense that makes doesn't make any sense so in my opinion the Giants are going to go ahead based on also season ending predictions whether they make the playoffs they don't make the playoffs but I think the new GM is going to come in here and they're going to say okay we're a few steps away from winning But with that being said, we need to go out and draft some top-tier offensive linemen, plug them in. We need to draft a linebacker, maybe a tight end, maybe an edge rusher as well. Well, not maybe, yeah, an edge rusher within the first two rounds. And then we'll build in terms of depth, sign whoever we need to in free agency, and move forward with our lives. Let me warn you guys. Let me warn you. I've said time and time again that the Giants should really not pursue the ways of the New York Jets in terms of Joe Judge being a part of the hiring of a new GM or them hiring a new GM while Joe Judge is still in house. I still believe that. Though it is likely whether it's Kevin Abrams and Kevin Abrams, here's what I'll say about that situation. That's still somewhat continuity That's not as bad as them getting Monty Austin Ford, or some of these other guys from around the league and still sticking to Joe Judge. If the Giants truly want to start over, if us Giant fans really want the Giants to embrace the new NFL and forget the old NFL in terms of the offensive philosophy, some of these other things, building from the back end of the defense, if us giant fans want to f- really just want oh, I'm rambling here if the if giant fans including myself want that per that philosophy to be gone they want th- that's essentially saying Joe judge needs to be gone because Joe judge I'm sorry to break this to you guys but Joe judge he is old school I'm not talking about players running laps, I'm not talking about all these other things, but I'm talking about how he's brought conservatism and old-school philosophy to the New York Giants, and it's not leaving if Joe Judge is not leaving. New GM, not a new head coach, it's not leaving. And even if Dave Gettleman stays for some reason and Joe Judge is gone, that's not leaving either. You think Dave Gettleman's embracing the new NFL philosophy? I don't think so. So, just some thoughts to keep in mind. The Giants, in my opinion, will be in a Steelers-like way of winning if they can almost reach the playoffs this year and if they continue to win next year, if they do win next year. If a new GM comes in and they start building like that. Because I don't think the philosophy will change it. And what do I mean by Steelers? You look at the Steelers. look at some of these other teams across the league. Who have top defenses or are known for their defenses. But have poor offenses. And don't prioritize scoring points. They don't prioritize that. So their defense does the job. The defense wins them games. Personally, I would love to win. I would love to win. I would love to be a winning team. But at the same time... I don't want to be stuck in an older philosophy where it could crash and burn at any second and you have nowhere to turn. That's my opinion. But if you guys haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops for your drops. Appreciate you all coming back. Follow if you're on Spotify, Podbean, podcast, all those platforms as well. Appreciate you all coming back. More Yankees content and Giants content on the way. Interesting MLB offseason so far. Obviously interesting NFL season so far. Just another clarification, not giving up on the season, not rooting for losses, watching all 17 games like an actual fan, and I will be at the Giants-Eagles game as of right now pending anything serious, so can't wait to see some of y'all there at tailgate and talk some Giants football. Peace out, see you later, and stay cool.